Chuck Wendig posted the following on Facebook recently. I think the success of GoFundMe campaigns for medical expenses shows that we could probably do it on a national level, creating a collective fund for everyone using something called taxes. And we can use it to pay for a thing I've invented called universal health care. Welcome to another episode of Love and War, the podcast in which the irresistible force overcomes the immovable object. I'm your host, Lee Ballinger. I'm an author, poet, and producer based in Los Angeles. If you want to know more, check out my bio on Facebook, L-E-E-B-A-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. You can hit me up at rockrap at AOL.com, R-O-C-K-R-A-P, or on Facebook. Corporations are artificial creations. You might say they're monsters trying to devour as much profit as possible uh, at anyone's expense. Corporations continue to be increasingly remote from any responsibility for the society they claim to serve. In 1948, corporations paid 49% of all taxes. Today, They pay only 7%, and we are moving toward a situation where they will pay no taxes at all. Yet despite the fact that corporations contribute little to the national welfare, they demand and receive near total control over our economy, our land and water, over our very lives. For instance, in Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin, the giant Foxconn Corporation has had local politicians condemn neatly maintained farmhouses and single-family homes, some of them almost brand new, as blighted. Foxconn wants these dwellings destroyed and the families on them left out in the street to make way for a 3,000-acre industrial complex. This is now all perfectly legal. In 2005, the Supreme Court ruled that a municipality has the right to condemn property for commercial development. The state of Wisconsin gave Foxconn $3 billion to locate there, and in return, the company promised to create 13,000 jobs at an average of $54,000 a year. The few jobs Foxconn has provided so far pay only half of that, qualifying a breadwinner for food stamps. It's also worth noting that Foxconn is one of the world's most aggressive companies in replacing human workers with robots. A May 17th article in the Los Angeles Times described research that revealed that in 2015, over 369,000 physicians prescribed an opioid painkiller at least 10 times. Doctors who received free travel, meals, and consulting fees from pharmaceutical companies prescribed opioids an average of 539 times in 2015. Those who got nothing from Big Pharma only prescribed the painkiller 134 times. 115 Americans die every day from opioid overdoses. In May, the Seattle City Council voted to impose a tax of $275 per employee per year on companies grossing at least $20 million annually, the money to be spent on support for the poor and the homeless. 
Amazon, the city's largest employer, threatened to halt investment in the city if the tax passed. Mayor Jenny Durkin, the beneficiary of a $350,000 campaign donation from Amazon, threatened to veto the tax. Amazon doesn't want to help out, even though the online retailer recently reported a 43% increase in first quarter earnings. Starbucks, on the eve of a national shutdown of all of its stores to conduct racial bias training, showed how hollow that effort is when it joined Amazon in opposing funds for the homeless. Will Amazon carry through on its threat to stop expanding in Seattle? It's too soon to tell, but we note that Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, sitting on a personal cash stash of over $100 billion, helped to successfully defeat a ballot initiative in Washington state that would have instituted a tax on millionaires and above. The Louisiana Oil and Gas Association has written a bill to make it illegal to protest in areas which contain critical infrastructure. This is the fossil fuel industry's response to local resistance to the Bayou Bridge pipeline. The Louisiana bill, currently awaiting the governor's signature, passed 34 to 3 in the Senate and 88 to 1 in the House. Similar bills have been introduced in several other states. This dangerous irresponsibility of corporations isn't coming solely from the election of Donald Trump. Neither the Democratic nor Republican parties are independent of what is so gently referred to as the private sector. When the Federal Activities Reform Act of 1998 was introduced, a bill which mandates that all government agencies contract out every possible activity to private corporations, it was passed unanimously in the House and Senate before being quickly signed by President Clinton. Yes, Donald Trump is moving to remove all restrictions on pollution, which will end up making many more Americans sick. Yet, 13 Democratic senators who voted against cheaper medicines had accepted an average of $254,000 each in donations from Big Pharma. This leaves it up to the rest of us to solve the problem, and we can only do that if we embrace a vision of ending the corporate model altogether. Does this seem extreme? Well, the Supreme Court has declared that corporations are people with the same rights as any individual. With rights go responsibilities. If any human individual caused the death and destruction of a typical corporation, they would immediately be arrested, tried and convicted, and imprisoned. If the corporations are, as the Supreme Court says, individuals, that's what should happen to them. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. See ya. Because we ain't got no choice. No time to wait for the next industry. And damn, didn't we get degrees? Coal miner's daughter is now chemical plant stepkid. And dear mama's getting divorced again. Pharmaceutical pesticide love child, downsized without support. Crystal Good is a valley girl. Not a valley girl like Frank Zappa used to talk about. Not a valley girl like in that Nicolas Cage movie back in the day. 
She's a valley girl from the Kanawha Valley, the Chemical Valley, in Charleston, West Virginia. She calls herself country cool and a black redneck. She's too modest to brag about being a great poet, but she is. She sums up the opioid crisis in just 13 words. Drug rip, drug rip. Did you get your bonus check? Warning. Side effects. Crystal's proud of everything she is and doesn't care what you think about it. She writes, I was raised NASCAR, Talladega Speedway, Lava Soap, Ford Tough, Leonard Skinner, Public Enemy. I can talk a mountain of shit to anybody. Crystal Good can get all eloquent about strip mining or stripping. The number 44, or her homeboy Randy Moss. She has a book out whose title is, of course, Valley Girl. Look around you today, and you'll see that West Virginia is on the come up. Who are these people? Get a copy of Valley Girl, and you can begin to find out. It's the Chemical Valley Girl. It's got us all crazy. Got us looking to our roots, tangling and twisting all that good hair. Got us living to exist in third world United States. We've all seen those World War II movies where the Nazis stop people on the street or on a bus or a train, search them, and in many cases, take them away to jails or camps. That is exactly what is happening in the United States right now. Using an obscure 1953 law, CBP, formerly known as Customs and Border Protection, ignores the Constitution and searches and often seizes people in a zone that is demarcated as 100 miles inward from all land and sea borders of the United States. Supposedly, the only people who are stopped are those for whom there is a strong presumption that they are undocumented immigrants, except that the majority of the folks who get rousted are citizens of the United States. And the CBP asserts that it actually has no geographic limits to its power. As a result, tens of thousands of people are detained and interrogated and often deported. Those caught up in these sweeps have included presumed immigrants Snoop Dogg, Willie Nelson, and Fiona Apple. Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff may be next. Oakland, like many California cities, has declared itself a sanctuary for people in this country without documents. In February, Schaff tipped off local residents about an upcoming immigration sweep, and Donald Trump, who recently described immigrants as animals, went ballistic. Now, Republican Congressman Steve King of Iowa has introduced the Mayor Libby Schaff Act of 2018 which calls for up to five years' imprisonment for officials who obstruct or impede the enforcement of federal laws. It would be interesting to see what would happen if Libby Schaff somehow wound up in the courtroom of federal judge Robert Brack in southern New Mexico. Between 2012 and 2017, 
Brack had the heaviest caseload of any federal judge in the country. He sentenced 5,823 immigrants for felony immigration violations. You might understandably jump to the conclusion that Brack is a right-wing, by-the-book judge. Not so fast. In 2010, the judge sent a letter to President Obama to call for a more compassionate approach to immigration, one that would keep families together. He wrote, quote, I write today because of my experience with the immigration issue, consistently at odds with what the media reports and, therefore, what many believe. The people that I see are, for the most part, hardworking, gentle, and completely lacking in criminal history. Just simple people looking for work. Unquote. Eight years later, Judge Robert Brack told Lauren Viagran of New Mexico Spotlight that, For a long time, I have presided over a process that destroys families, and I am weary of it. He added, And I think we as a country are better than this. Are we? Well, Brack sent his letter to Obama every year for five years and sent similar letters to Homeland Security and to congressional leaders. He never got a response from anyone. It's up to us to prove him right. Do I speak for the world? Let's finish up with the quote of the week, this time from Richard Pryor, who said, I no longer wanted to be someone who pointed out the differences, especially racial ones. I wanted people to see how similar all of us are. I came back home and thought of Malcolm's turnaround at the end and how beautiful it was and how people considered him a traitor for it, and it made me teary-eyed all over again because he had been right. We're all just people. We're all the same. What else I found out in Africa is the fact that, aside from us being from the original people, so are the white people. We all family. That's it for now. If you see me on the street, smile back. Well, together we stand. Together we will stand, every boy, every woman, and 